Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC Copenhagen. Main event, I think it's a good one. Chris may disagree. But it is Jack the Joker Hermanson taking on Jared the Killer Gorilla Cannoneer and a stunning co-main event in Danilo Beluardo taking on Mark Madsen. Holy crap, it's one of the worst co-main events I've ever seen. People's people's co-main. Holy crap. The, the third fight on this card. Actually, this, yeah, the third fight on this second fight on this card should be the co-main probably. Yeah. But we will get to that later. Here to talk everything UFC Copenhagen for DraftKings. I am your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper, co-host, analyst, the important guys. I'm just here to be funny and maybe even look cute. It is Chris Olson. You find him on Twitter at, at @realchrisolson and Joe, who is at Sunsu. I'm at the DF Sniper. Guys, what's up? You ready for this 11 a.m. Eastern start on Saturday? That is the only thing that's in my eyes making this card above average is the fact that it's 11 a.m. and we have our nights free, which is kind of important when you have all these MMA slates in a row. It's kind of bullshit when I have a kid. Uh, like, I mean, I'm not going to be able to watch this card. I'll be at the Bronx Zoo tomorrow. Just it, it is what it is. I'm going to, you know, I'll have it recorded, and you know, I'm sure I'll be able to find it somewhere. And isn't Monday a holiday? Can't you go to the zoo on Monday? Monday and Tuesday, but I got to. I have other obligations on this. Ah, day. oh, you you will you are observant. Okay. Plus, plus Saturday at the Bronx Zoo for anyone in the area, it is Boo at the Zoo, which is Halloween themed, and they're going to have a beer garden. So. It'll be a good day tomorrow. Yeah, but, I missed that memo. So may, maybe, you know, in all seriousness, by the time we get home and she's in for a nap, I could catch the main event live, which would be great. I have I have plenty of plenty of uh, time with the co-main event being such crap. But anyway, Chris, are you looking forward to this card? I'm looking forward to the card. I, I just think it, it goes in reverse order a little bit. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I some of the most intriguing fights are lower down, like – I, I mean, the main event, I guess, is 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 fine. Although, like, I understand that, like, main events out of the United States are sometimes different kind of fighters because they want to get that fan base, and, and that's fine. But I just don't get, like, Jack Hermanson gets this huge win over Jacare, and now he fights Jared Cannonier. He was desperate to fight on this card. There were other rumored fights for this card, and just nothing, like, uh, Weidman, um, Gastelum, I think, were the two that, 
jump out to me. Maybe not Weidman, but definitely Gastelum and somebody else up in the top five. Didn't work out. He desperately wanted to fight on this card. Cannonier steps up and oh man. Yeah, no, I, I mean, hey, look, good for that, That's what this sport's about. Take your opportunities where you can get them. Not criticizing him. I just don't think that uh, from a fan perspective, it's all that um, exciting or, or potentially even that interesting. But we'll get to it, I guess. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm talking in chat, uh, which you, by the way, if you're listening after the fact, should join us Friday at 8 o'clock on the Rotowire YouTube page. Also, subscribe to the podcast after the fact, uh, Rotowire MMA on all your podcast platforms. I think I just did the – oh, also, got to shout out Rotowire all the way. Go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. I think that's enough of the intro. Let's get into these fights. We start off with okay, – I'm a little scared, guys, because 11 a.m., as I mentioned, I'll be at the zoo, and I'm going to have a lot on this fight. Like, my day could be done before I eat lunch. Jack Shore at 8,900, taking on Nohaline Hernandez at 7,300. Jack Shore, minus 165. Come back on Noeline Hernandez, plus 155. Chris, I'm not going to tell you which way I'm going, so I'll let your initial breakdown determine whether I'm going to be dead or not. What do you got? Um, yeah, uh, Jack Shore kind of um, worries me a little bit. The, the reason I say that is because – Of course because... he does. Of course he does. <laughs> well, not to be the bearer of bad news here, Sean, but um, I just – you know, we've seen him get controlled against the fence a little bit too much for my liking. I, I, I think that, okay, how does that apply here? It, it applies because Nolene Hernandez, uh, we have seen him wrestle. We did see him wrestle in that fight against – he wrestled in the fight against uh, Vera. If, he, if he's going to try and wrestle, he's going to die. Well, I mean, I'm, way, just, I'm, just, like, I'm just saying that clinches are not out of their own possibility. I the other thing I, I would – okay, well, the other thing I would say is that um, – you know, Jack Short, not that much of a not that much of a striker. I mean, he can throw his little uh, his little one twos or whatever. Doesn't have that much power. Um, he really has to get this fight to the ground if that's where he wants to keep it. And Hernandez is, you know, a, a good rangy kickboxer, and uh, we saw him uh, firing some good kicks. I, I love his combination work. I think that um, he goes to the body really well. So, I mean, it's an interesting fight to me. Obviously, if Shorty gets this to the ground in top position, uh, he's going to do work. He's good in transition, and uh, he's shown himself to be heavy on top. But I don't know. There's, there's, something, there's something about him that makes me feel like he can't – he won't be able to as readily take over fights at this level as he has been. And that's just speculation on my part, just based on a, a number of different things. But I, I just I just don't see him as somebody t- who takes over fights at this level. Um, I, I think I'm I think I'm going to go ahead and and pick Hernandez just because I, I want some money on this. No, oh, no I, well I want to finish my pick first. But I, I you think, already you already gave it. Well, I my 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 summation, if if you will. Um, yeah, you know I I just like. Nolene Hernandez to keep the range. I think that um, he's good. Look, we haven't we haven't really seen him. You know, we haven't really seen him get taken down at will. And I just think Jack Shore. I mean, the other thing about Shore that I'm I'm glad that uh, you stopped me so I I could have a time to collect here is that he doesn't he doesn't always look for wrestling opportunities. A lot of his wrestling opportunities come when his opponents tie up with him. Um, he seems uh, pretty comfortable standing in space, which is a worry here. And uh, for all those reasons, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Noel Hernandez. But as I said, if Shore gets this fight to the ground, that's his world. Yeah. Uh, before I throw it to Joe, my issues with what you just said. Um, I don't think Noel, Noel Hernandez is a good kickboxer. I think he's a good boxer. Um, and uh-huh. and yeah, Shore maybe not be able to take out take over fights in the UFC level. Nolan Hernandez, not UFC level. That's I don't where know. I don't game. know. He, he was given. He was given Vera a run for his money there. Well, everybody gives gives Vera trouble the first ninety seconds or wow. even the first round. Everybody like it's sorry. Joe, talk some sense into him or or just. I, I don't know if he can. I'm kind of in shock. I mean, Jack Shore is the cage water cage warrior champ. A good promotion in the UK. He's only 24 years old. He's had 23 
MMA fights. Uh, 11 is a professional and 12 is an amateur. Um, I really wanted to get um, our take, Newsom's take on this fight. Um, Newsom is, is, you know, locked away in some Turkish prison. Now, he's actually in Turkey on vacation. Um, but, you know, he would know all about this guy, Jack Shore. Um, our good friend, BB Bomb, Brett Apley, is very high on Jack Shore. Um, I will be placing a wager on Jack Shore to win by uh, submission, knockout, or DQ, which is currently, I believe, at plus 125. Um, I like him a lot here. Um, I think he's well-priced at 8.9K. Uh, Jack Shore. Moving on. We got to go a little quick this week, guys. We got 13 fights in this card, which is fun for DK. Mark Diakese, 8,500, taking on Groovy Lando Venata at 7,700. Line on this fight, Diakese, minus 150. Comeback on Venata is plus 140. For me, this is a close fight, a good fight that should be on the main card. And it's one where I'm picking the upset. I like Lando Venata in a really close fight here. Variety of reasons for it. But, Joe, you're up to start this one. Yeah. Um, hmm. So D. Casey has looked a lot better. Um, you know, one of our, you know, he, he's relied in the past on pure athleticism versus technique, um, which has always um, concerned me, uh, is that he was just a freak athlete. Um, he did look really good in his last fight. Um, our, again, our good friend, um, who we really need to get on as a guest on these, these over the pond cards, um, is very high on uh, Diakasi. Um, you know, Lando is what Lando is. I mean, when he came into the UFC and on a short notice fight and actually got Tony Ferguson in trouble, albeit briefly, and then head kicked um, uh, McDessie, everybody's like, this is the next star. And then he just had like a series of draws, um, you know, really kind of weird fights. Uh, he does have like, I think, junior college D1 wrestling pedigree, which you don't see him use all that much. Uh, and he does tend to get a little tired. So I think if this fight gets out of the first two rounds, it could get a little sloppy. Um, in the beginning of the week, I sort of viewed Lando as sort of a live dog um, in GPPs. I've, I've sort of come around to more to Dia Casey. Um, obviously, his price is pretty attractive, um, Lando's that is. So I'll have a few shares of him, but I'm going to pick um, Dia Casey for the win. Chris. Yeah. Um, this is a weird fight for me because this is, this is the battle of the two guys. I, I never, I never picked to win a fight. I mean, obviously I picked Lando for his last fight because you know, it was um, the human because you could have won that fight. Yeah. It was the human takedown uh, uh, giver upper in uh, Marcus Mariano. But um, I, I think that this one is just as simple as, look, Joe mentioned the athleticism, and I, I think the, the length is, is just going to be a real problem here for Lando. Lando uh, tends to have to uh, close that range off, and he doesn't, you know, doesn't really have a guard, doesn't really block punches. So I, I like uh, Diakesi to really use his length and power and speed to, to sort of just ding Lando up pretty much all fights. And um, unless Lando does do something like wrestle, which I don't expect, which – I mean, it's not even it's not even a thousand percent that he could out wrestle DKC, uh, in my opinion. But um, unless he does that, you know, like I, I sort of view these guys as wanting to do the same things, sort of, but just DKC being a little better. Uh, Lando is going to want to get his kicking game going. I like DKC's kicking game uh, better, and I like uh, DKC's defensive game better. So, yeah, I, I think that um, Lando's probably going to have some moments in this fight just because of um, his ability to know how to bring the chaos. But I, I, I just like uh, DKZ much better as a overall fighter, and uh, he's the pick to win. Moving on, we have Macy Chiasson, 9,400, taking on Lena Landsberg at 6,800. Uh, Chiasson, big favorite. The hell's the line at now? It's, it's big. It is... Minus 400, comeback on Landsberg, plus 355. Kias in the hot prospect. Landsberg pulled off a big upset last time out against Mambad, Tanya Evinger. Chris, who do you have in this one? So that fight against Evinger was um, really one of um, the great shocks of my 
my picking career, I never would have thought in a million years that um, <laughs> Tanya Evinger could lose to Lena Landsberg, just because I, I thought the the fight was such a was such a ready made uh, stylistic wonder for Tanya Evinger, and she did have her back at one point and, and couldn't finish. So I think that that speaks to Evinger probably being over the hill more so than it does any improvement in uh, Landsberg's game. Lena Landsberg is, um, you know, she's she's basically a Thai fighter who fights MMA. She wants to get you uh, against the cage and, and land elbows. That's basically all she wants to do. I think that Chiesun is big enough and good enough in the grappling that this is going to be what the Tanya Evinger fight would have looked like five years ago. Uh, I say that uh, pretty confidently that I think Chiesun uh, probably subs her out here. I mean, she, she, she'll be better standing too, and she'll be able to use her length and range, but I don't... I think this fight probably makes its way to the floor, and I think Chason pulls off the sub, so that's what I'm uh, going to go with here. Joe? Yeah, I'll keep this simple. I mean, this is obviously a regional fight for Landsberg. I mean, the matchup really doesn't make a ton of sense, um, although I guess if you view Landsberg as a gatekeeper, it does. Um, she probably doesn't view herself that way. Um, Chason is, like, definitely a, has a trajectory at 135. Um, to kind of move up. I, I don't know that this fight does a whole lot for her in terms of that. So I'm guessing that the UFC put this together because Landberg is located in the same region as Copenhagen. So Chiesan, I'd like to see her get it done by finish. Um, I believe uh, Chiesan to win um, by finish uh, is pretty attractive. Uh, what is that? It's like... Uh, uh, it's even it's even money, so it's plus one hundred. So those are pretty decent odds, um, you know, at least on DK Sportsbook for uh, Kiesan to get to win by finish. Actually, even better than Jack Shore. All right, moving on, we have Brandon Davis, eighty seven hundred, taking on Giga Chikadze at seventy five hundred. Line in this fight. Brandon Davis is the favorite. At what the hell is it? Best fight picks, just the order. Best fight pick, best fight odds. The order is just all jammed up this week, so could be a couple more delays, guys. Minus one sixty, Giga plus one fifty. Um, why the bleep and bleep is Giga Chikadze in the UFC? That, like that's how I'm going to throw this out to you, Joe. Like what's up here? Um, he's at Kings. Um, you know he 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 lost, I believe, what the third round on uh, the Dana White Contender Series. Is that correct? I believe it is. Um, and he is a, a King's MMA fighter. Um, honestly, um, I know some people, um, some of our Twitter MMA peeps that have some money on uh, on this guy to win. Um, you know, our, our good friend uh, Rockstar Z um is got got some units or a unit on on this guy to win so that's insanity yeah I, look i don't think it's that crazy i mean he's has he's priced right um it's likely going like davis's strength is is stand up um i, I don't know that it's that big look he's a decent looking fighter um King's MMA, good camp. Uh, he's got some. Uh, he's got a submission. He's got a submission win. He's got a knockout win. I don't know, man. Look, I, I Davis is a little too expensive as a DraftKings play. Um, I'm going to go for the upset here. Um, Davis is tough. Don't get me wrong. Mississippi Mean, Alan Belcher. Um, you know, we need to look at some. Fighters uh, at that lower tier of pricing. Uh, I kind of trust my boy Rockstar Z. Um, it's not a very informed opinion. I will say that I'm going off of camp and 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 a little bit of pedigree. Um, I don't think he's the greatest fighter in the world. Making your your UFC debut at 31 is typically not a good sign. Uh, but I'm going to give him a shot here. Um, in any case, I don't think he gets finished, so he it could be he could have a reasonable floor, but I will pick him for the upset. 
So, so here's going to be your problem, Joe. If if Brandon Davis is any kind of smart, which is the big issue, mm. uh, admittedly, yeah. he shoots a takedown. Giga's screwed. Giga, from what I saw, no ground game. That's true. Da- dangerous, dangerous on the feet, but Davis is tough as hell. The problem is, I'm afraid Davis is going to go on Mississippi mean and strike with him. And even then, like Giga, uh, um, I'm surprised you didn't throw out. Which means I don't think you know it. Um, Giga's wins. Those guys have a combined record of something like, I think it's like two and sixty or something ridiculous like that. Isn't Giga, that the other guy, Mohad Mohadi, that has that bad? No, I I think it's Giga. I'm gonna look it up while while we're doing it. It, it. You know what? You could be right, but I thought it was Giga Chikadze, who is uh, the ultimate can crusher. So yeah, you're right, we'll, dude. Well, well, one of the guys he fought had a record of two and thirty-two. Yeah. So that's that's going to it's still not a lot of wins. That's gonna, that's gonna skew those results. But yeah, in general. Yeah, zero and four. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, but if Davis stands in trades, like. I guess, but okay, I, dude, I just, you know what? I'm changing my pick. Sorry, Z. No, no I am. I'm changing my pick. I'm going with Davis. It shouldn't be no, I don't. I don't love it as a DraftKings play, but um, I'm going. You, you, you brought me back, Sean. I'm going to go with Davis here. Now, we'll didn't see say if, that much. We'll see if I said a lot. You said I, enough. Take, I mean, take, I'm, I'm, take, I'm, I am. I am getting into some. Wow, one and eleven, two and thirty-two. Yeah, and take down defense and just. Okay. Just, just take that. All right. Well, look, I'm going to talk. First. Oh, you're going to pick Giga? Here we go. Uh, no, I didn't go back. I wonder if Z was just looking at his camp pedigree. I don't know. Maybe, or just doesn't like Brandon Davis. I just, Could be. I, I can't get behind it. But, you know, I've been wrong before. I just, I don't see it here. Uh, Chris, okay. go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that crazy either. And I was going to, I was going to side with Joe on that, but I'll, since he's flipped, I guess. I guess I'm alone in that uh, in that department now. That's the way we like it. <laughs> yeah, that's well, the, the only road I've ever known there, Sean. But um, I, I do think the Giga – look, from what I've seen uh, from his contender series fight, his takedown defense is not awful. And Brandon Davis is not a great wrestler. He can be a willing wrestler. And so the, the, the thing I would point to if you're wondering if Brandon Davis is going to wrestle, when Randy Costa started troubling him with a kicking game, uh, and he did. Uh, Brandon Davis had a couple of clean head kicks in that fight. Um, he took him down, subbed him with a rear naked chokes that didn't even that didn't even require him getting hooks in, and um, and that was the fight. That could happen here. I think that Giga is better defensively, both as a wrestler and as a jujitsu player, than somebody like Randy Costa. Um, the thing about the record is a decent point, although that can inform your decision. But I wouldn't that. That's not like the whole ball game for me, because as we always say, they can you can only fight the guys they put in front of you, right? So, um, I mean, I don't know. I I expect Costa. I uh, I said Costa. I I expect Giga to have moments of success in this fight on the feet in the same way that Costa did. Um, he's a he's a sharp kickboxer. In fact, it's easier to find his glory kickboxing fights than it is his MMA fights. You have to kind of dig, uh, for the latter there, but um. But yeah, he's a sharp kickboxer. He keeps his range well. Uh, he, he seems like a decent defensive fighter to me. Uh, again, it, it depends on well, it depends on two things: a whether Brendan Davis will wrestle, and b whether he can get him to the ground. Because while Davis is a willing wrestler, it's not that he's a great one. So I don't think the pick is is crazy. I'm ultimately picking Brandon Davis because I think the pressure and the pace um, is just going to wear on him, and it's going to take away some of that kicking game that, that he likes so much. And uh, with the wrestling in the back pocket, I, I just think it's going to be too much for a debut. But can Giga uh, find a, a, a head kick knockout here? Uh, I think he can. The problem is that Davis is tough, and over three rounds, I think it'll be it'll be hard to sustain it without Davis, without him showing that he can, he can stuff some wrestling. So every, he's going to be tested for sure, but um, – my pick is going to be Brandon Davis. Moving on, is Ismail Nordiev, 9,000, taking on Tiar Bahadurzada at 7,200. Line on this fight, Nordiev minus 210. Comeback on Bahadurzada is plus 190. Ismail Nordiev, the hype train after his UFC debut, got derailed last fight out, made me a little bit of money there. Uh, thank you, Chance Rencounter. And he's back here against the the aging Tiar Bahadurzada. So I'm going to say just based on this fight and all the options we have at 9,000 and above on DraftKings, 100% F Nordiev. If he takes my money, it is what it is. 
The question is, how live is CR Bahar Drazada in this fight? For me, I'm picking Nordy up to win, but Bahar Drazada, I have plenty of him in GPP because I think if he wins, it's because he landed a big power shot against Nordiev. Uh, who's up to start this one? I think it's Chris. Chris. Break it down. Uh, didn't I finish the last one? Yeah, so you start the next one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot how it works. Okay, so, um, yeah, I, I agree that Nordiev probably wins this. I think that, um, you know, the problem with Bahar Zara, he's a, he's a good – He's a good fighter against lower-level fighters, who I, I guess you could consider Nordiev that. But because all he wants to do is pressure and show throw big shots. But the problem is the shots that he throws are very loopy and windy, and it, and he can get countered pretty easily. I think Nordiev can do some of that. I also think because of that pressure, he could land a big shot. But um, you know, uh, Nordiev is going to be way more athletic here and uh, looking for. Um, Finishes. He can wrestle a little bit. Uh, he can grapple. I mean, the only the only reason that I mean, Siar Bradzar, we have seen him land takedowns before. We saw him do a little bit of that in the Curtis Mullinder fight. But the only reason it, Chance Rencounter out grappled him was because he's just so long and sort of lanky that I don't think that um, and the gas tank is it already have dealt with it. Yeah, the gas tank too. But I mean. Uh, that was, I mean, I, I think at the very end of that fight, you can make an argument that Nardiev's gas tank was better than run counters was. It was just that he couldn't keep run counter off of him. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that Bihardazar is live to a knockout too. The other thing I would say is Bihardazar is like legendarily tough. I mean, in the, in that Melender fight, like I, I, I thought he was finished for sure in the third round. He was getting hit with hard shots after he got stunned with hard shots and he still was able to, Shoot a takedown, land it, and um, you know save himself there. So at nine thousand, it might be a little tough to find value there. Um, so for GPP, I think it's a dog or pass. But for for cash, I think I, I would go uh, Nerdyev here. Joe, yeah. So going back to the upset, Brandon Thatch is a big underdog. The problem with Sayar is that he has been hurt a lot. Um, so even though he is in fact 35 years old, he's really, he really hasn't had a lot of fights, um, you know, over the course of the past few years, um, you know, he fought, he's fought twice in 2018, once in 2017, once in 2016, and then he had three years off prior to that. So, you know, we're talking since 2013, he's only had four fights in six years. So, yeah, yeah, he's 35 years old. Also, I want to say about two years ago, um, anybody out of all the fighters who had been to the uh, PI in Las Vegas, um, Sayar, at, at any weight class, Sayar had the fastest hands, right? So he's definitely got hand speed. He hits hard. He's got some wrestling in his back pocket. Um, the Austrian wonder boy here, who's actually Russian, but is called the Austrian wonder boy, <laughs> Uh, you know, this guy is, he's only 23. He's two years removed, um, from losing to a guy named, uh, Ismail de Jesus, who was 37 years old at the time. Um, you know, so yeah, he's an improving fighter. I think Rin Countor actually exposed him a little bit. And I don't want to, I don't want to accuse Prezeris as maybe taking the fight too lightly, but you know, Prezeris was on quite a win streak himself when he was coming into that fight, got dominated. Um, may have taken the fight too lightly. Um, I think Sayar's live here. I, I love his price. Definitely GPP or bust for Sayar. I don't know if I would play him in cash. Um, the thing is, he's he's super cheap. He's he. Other than if you want to stack, where I would dumpster dive for cash. Yeah, you know what? You might be right. I mean, and his floor isn't horrible. I mean, I think he had what forty points in that loss against uh, Melander. And to Chris's point, he really did get lit up. Um, you know, I, I, he got really pissed too, because, you know, he was, you know, he, he finally got his takedown game going late. Um, I think, look, I think if he could use his striking, um, you know, to get takedowns, I don't expect at least early on in the fight, um, he'll be able to hold the Austrian wonder boy down, but maybe, you know, steal around and get a close decision. So I'm actually going to go with the upset here. I'm going to pick Sayar. Um, you know, I like him more on DraftKings than I do, especially considering the higher end options, which means that, um, you know, the Wonder Boy can actually be, might actually be low owned. So it could be worth a play there in mass entry. But um, I will take Sayar for the upset here. 
Moving on, let's take a look at Mahmoud Muradov, 8,600, taking on Alessio DiCirico at 7,600. Muradov, minus 150. Come back on DiCirico, plus 140 to me. These are two really similar fighters, and Muradov is just a little better everywhere. But a close fight, one making a UFC debut. Joe, who you got? So this is a fight where I actually do like Chirico and Cash. Um, you know, he um, has been in the UFC for a while. He had a decision loss against uh, Kevin Holland. He had a split decision win against the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, uh, knocked out uh, Bambuse, who's no longer in the UFC. Um, lost Eric Spicely, beat uh, the Soldier Boy, and then uh, Serbian Steel. Uh, that was a very... Close fight. Many people thought he got that decision. Um, I kind of like him here to keep it close. Um, I believe um, the point I was trying to make earlier is that the record of Mahmoud, I, I guess the record of his opponents is quite bad. Um, maybe even worse than what we saw um, for uh, for Chikazi. Um, so I, ugh, I, am I going to go with another upset here? Um, I'm going to say that this is a close decision fight, and until I see this guy get a fight under his belt, um, I'm going to go with the uh, Italian fighter in uh, DiCirico, and I may even like him a bit more. I, I know why I wasn't leaning initially towards Sayar and Cash. I might like this guy a bit more in Cash. Um, I think he's, what, 7.4? Uh, I believe so. Okay, yeah. So I'm going to go with the upset with DiCirico. Um, Sean, Sean's points are well taken, um, but I think he also could have a decent floor in cash. At seven, seven six, point, by the way. Oh, seven six. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's four hundred price differential. Um, we'll talk about it later. But I, I hate the stack this week, um, and not not for a recency bias of what happened last week. But I'm going to pick Dicharico for upset. Chris. Yeah, you know it's funny uh, the the way that I framed this fight was exactly what you said at the outset there, Sean. I think they're similar fighters, but I think that um, uh, name blanking uh, uh, Muradov. Muradov, thank you. Muradov does everything a little better. Um, he's a little bit better of a wrestler. He's definitely a, a better grappler, I would say. And I think he's he's a better, more athletic kickboxer. Um, I like um, his combination work better. I like that he finishes uh, his combination with kicks. Um, DiCirico is is more of like a of like a one shot counter striker. He'll do a little bit of offensive light kicking himself, but um, not not a very uh, you know action fighter. Not a very come forward offensive fighter. And I just I just like uh, Muradov. You know, as I say, to be a little better everywhere. I just I just don't see where I just don't see where DiCirico beats him here. I don't see where he has a clear advantage. And um, so for that reason. Um, I, I'll I'll take Maduro in uh, what's probably going to be kind of a, a boring decision, but probably a decisive one. Moving on, we have a good GPP fight in John Phillips. He's a dog at 8,000, taking on Alan Amadovsky at 8,200. Amadovsky, the favorite, minus 125. Come back on the white Mike Tyson. John Phillips is plus 115. Both guys, big power. John Phillips can't stop a takedown. People, I think, are getting hung up on that Christoph Jaco dominated, dominated Amadovsky in his UFC debut. Jaco is not John Phillips. Close, I guess you shouldn't say close fight. I am fighting myself, I think, a little alone. I think most people think it's a coin flip. And I get Phillips has big fight-changing power, and I'll be hedging quite a bit. This is a fight I will hedge on. But I like Amadovsky a bit here. I think he's got just as big a power as Phillips and the path to victory through takedowns if he wants it. So give me Amadovsky and then a crucial mid-range fight. Um, Chris, I assume that means you're all in on John Phillips? <laughs> no, God, no. Um, look, John Phillips, I, I, I looked at basically one thing at this fight. I was like, okay, and that's how uh, Jacko did. Amadowski show me some footwork. Did he show me some side-to-side -side movement that he can get off the cage? Oh, he did? Okay, I'm, I'm picking Amadowski. Um, that was literally the, my thought process. Uh, that's, how, that's how Jack Marshman beat him because he doesn't cut off the cage at all. And Jack Marshman, of all people, was able to just dance around him and do just enough for uh, for a win. People call that a robbery, but it was close enough that it, it wasn't a robbery. Phillips, so, um, Phillips screwed himself and me out of a ton of money. 
Well, like, yeah, because he didn't you follow that, him down. How do you get that knockdown and just, just dance around for two and a half rounds? Yeah. That was, that was awful. Well, that's the other thing is that, I mean, he doesn't really – like he's not an MMA fighter. He's a – you know, um, SPG has a lot of these guys that are just basically like barroom brawlers. John Phillips, Charlie Ward. I think there's somebody else that I'm missing. Uh, so he falls into that mode of like he's just going to walk forward and try to cut you off and, and throw big hooks at you. And if one connects, you're going to fall. You're going to go to sleep for sure. Um, but and, and could that happen? Of course it could. But uh, I'm just not going to bet on it. I just think that Amadowski can can keep the range well enough while landing his own strikes. And he's a bit of an offensive wrestler as well, which he could also use. So, yeah, my, my pick here is Amadowski. I I, I, I mean, but unless there's somebody um, in the UFC who's just coming in who, like, is really raw, I, 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 I probably would never pick John Phillips to win a fight. And um, that record is going to endure here. Uh, my pick is Amadowski. Joe? Yeah, I mean, this, this kind of is like, who cares? Um, I don't have a strong take on this. Uh, You're GPP. You have to care. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um I'll probably have close, however much exposure I'm going to have to the fight, I'll probably have equal shares of both. Um, I don't really have a strong lean either way. Um, I'm just, I'm not, I was not impressed with uh, the great, the, the white Mike Tyson's fight against Marshman, who I essentially thought was, was retired at the point he took the fight. Um, so uh, let me go with Amadoski here, but it's like, to me, it's, you know, whatever you're going to use in this fight, percentage wise, just. Divide it by two. Moving on, we have Nicholas Dalby. He's the dog, 7,400. Favorite at Alex Cowboy Oliveira at 8,800. Line on this fight, Oliveira, minus 135. Dalby's got a little bit of odd value here, plus 125. Dalby, second stint in the UFC, has a draw against Darren Till, a win over Elizio Zaleski Dos Santos. Those are no joke. Lost two fights. Um got bounced in the UFC. It's back here in his hometown. My issue with him here is he's very, very hittable. Um, and that's a problem against Oliveira, who has big power. But if he survives, Oliveira fades. And Dalby is durable and tough and could take advantage of it. I'm picking Oliveira to win. Dalby's got kind of a scary floor, honestly. But I like him in GPPs because he's cheap and... There's less options in his range than there is up by Oliveira, who there's all kinds of options. So just by default, even though I like Oliveira, I'm going to have way more um, Nicholas Dalby and hope, hoping the hometown guy comes through. And God, I just wish he wasn't so hittable. Um, Joe? It's funny because I do think that Dalby is going to be a very popular dog. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I the fact that he actually lost the fight, um, you know, since he was bounced from the UFC, that worries me a little bit. <laughs> um, that, no. That split decision against Darren Till, I think Till was hurt in that fight, actually. Um, uh, that Those are the days when I was actually a fan of Darren Till, um, before I realized what a sleazebag he was. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm, I like Cowboy Oliveira as well. I mean, I think he, what's what's interesting about Cowboy Oliveira is he has got the ability to be a slate breaker. He could, you know, knock someone down three times in a round and, and you know, get a really nice win. However, to Sean's point, he gasses horrifically um, as the fight goes long and, and puts himself in a position of being, you know, finished himself. I mean, all you have to do is actually look at, you know, the stat lines um, on, on Cowboy Oliveira, if you bear with me. Um, you know, he, he's an interesting fighter as hell. You know, when he wins, he's, he's pretty good. Um, you know, uh, pretty good of a DraftKings fighter. So if you take a look at his numbers here, you got him at, um, okay, so Oliveira's drafting numbers are, um, he, uh, he got 102 against Condit uh, at 8.7K, uh, 94 against Pe Petrosoli at 9.3K, so that's 10X. Then he's coming off of two losses where, um, you know, he really didn't have much of a floor, 23 and 24 points. So this is a GPP fight only, as far as I see it. Um, you know, I would not be near this fight at all in cash. Um, you know, if you well, think... Here's, here's the problem with that. And I agree with you, but the, the odds value players are going to have this fight. 
because Dolby is plus 125 at 7,400. Well, you know what? Check that. Check that. Okay. Um, maybe I, I'm going to rephrase that. Oliveira, you should not touch in cash. Yep. Dolby, I guess you could play in cash. There's going to be some odds value. He's a tough guy to finish. But if you like Alex Oliveira, like I do, um, you've got to pick him to win by finish. Like, I'd be really shocked if he won a decision. I really would be. Because I see him gassing, and if he gasses, he's probably going to lose if it goes to decision. Um, he's just not that kind of fighter. I mean, if you look at um, all his wins, I don't think he is. Uh, he's got his. He's got one win by decision in his UFC career. It looks like um, he. So he lives or dies by the sword, um, which is why I wouldn't play him in cash. Dalby, I get it. There's odds value. Um, he's seven point. He's going to be a pretty popular fighter, but um, I'm going to pick Oliver because I think he can get the finish in this fight. Um, but I do see Dalby as live. So, you know, he probably is a solid cash play. Chris, you in on this one yet? I don't think so. No, no, no. no I um, you know, that I, I can understand your confusion because I did uh, sneeze in the middle of it, and that was very – That's all right. Um, sorry, I, I, I didn't have time to hit the call button there, guys. Sorry. But, sure. um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with Sean that um, it, it, it really – you know, it's hard to pick um, Cowboy Oliveira these days because it's like if he doesn't get that first or second round finish, it, it, it's tough. And and one thing that people have to uh, reconcile themselves with if you're picking Oliveira because invariably people say this every time he fights, why is he why is he wrestling and grappling? He should be striking. He's going to wrestle and grapple, guys. So if you're going to pick him, you got to get over that just how he fights, uh, whether he should or not. Uh, and the reason is just because he's a big, strong guy, and he and he likes to play from top position. Um, so I mean, and that could even be helpful in uh, in in DK, obviously for takedowns and, and submission. But uh, the the up, upshot of that is that it gets him tired quicker. I think that Dalby is a he's going to be pushing forward here, and um, he does good body work, uh, good combination work. So he's going to be somebody who could. Test that gas tank. He does a little bit of offensive wrestling as well. Although I, I, I mean, I, I really don't like anybody grappling with Cowboy Oliveira, at least in the first round, because he can just revert. Even if you're a better grappler than he is, he can just reverse you uh, by power. He turned himself around in Gunnar Nelson's triangle. If anybody, I mean, that that still that still floors me that that's a thing that happened. But um, you know, for all his for all his strengths, he does gas out. Um, he does wrestle a bit too much. I'm I'm gonna pick him here just because I think he can overwhelm uh, Dalby. But if that doesn't happen, then yeah, obviously uh, Dalby would be live to probably a finish as uh, as Oliveira's gas tank continues to uh, go empty. All right, move it on. We look at M- Mikhail Oleksiychuk, 9100, taking on Oven Saint Peru at 7100. Look, Jacek, he's the favorite in this one. Minus two forty. Come back on OSP plus two twenty. There's every reason here to like Mikhail. My one concern is he's just a little undersized for light heavyweight, and that's always going to make me nervous in his fights. Um, but Chris, what do you have for a breakdown? Yeah, you know, and, it, and it, it's not it's not a um, it's not an unfounded concern either. I, I mean, OSP is going to be the way bigger guy here. Uh, he could he could definitely put him to sleep with one of those head kicks. My problem with OSP, which is always a problem, but I think it's doubly in this fight, is that he spends a little bit too much time waiting on his opponent, especially if his opponent is an offensive um, uh, offensive minded uh, opponent who's going to come forward. the The example I always use of this is OSP soundly losing a first round against. Um, oh, I forget. I'm gonna I'm gonna look. Corey Anderson. No, no, not Corey Anderson. Um, oh, Pizzau. Uh, uh, Pizzau. What's his What's his actual name? Pizzau. Oh, um, Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Thank you very much. Uh, not just Not just Tim scraping by. Soundly losing the first round because Rogerio de Lima just decided to employ a kicking game, and OSP was just getting backed up consistently, and then. Um, uh, second round, OSP catches a kick, lands the takedown, and um, gets the uh, Von uh, Pru choke, as I guess we call it now. But, um, yeah, so that's the problem with OSP. O- the OSP is a guy who can be losing every second of a fight until he wins it, um, either by grappling or by 
one of those head kick uh, knockouts like we saw with Corey Anderson. I think that um, all of JJ, like I love his uh, movement. As Sean said, he's undersized, but the trade-off there is he gets a lot of speed, and he will have it here against OSP. I think he's going to come forward. I think he's going to get his strike game going. It's a little risky um, for the reasons that I mentioned, but I like uh, I like Ola Jacek, especially since we've seen OSP get tired a lot lately. Um, uh, so, yeah, for all those reasons, I like Ola Jacek to get this done. Joe? Yeah, so I don't think it's going to even be that hard. Um, read my lips. OSP should be 5-0. and I'm sorry, 0-5 in his last five fights. He won two fights against fighters who demonstrated horrific fight IQ. Corey Anderson was winning two rounds to zero in the third round. All he had to do was stay away or keep OSP in a clinch. He had two options, like keep him in a clinch or stay away. And he wins that fight. He, you know, if you, even if he loses the third round, he wins that fight. What does Corey Anderson do? He engages at range. Idiot. Loses that fight. Tyson Pedro has him rocked and then decides to go down for a, for a, 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 a slam gets choked. Okay. So his only wins since, since 11, 4, 2017, AKA his last five fights have come against two fighters who have demonstrated horrific fight IQ. I love Omelenshek in this spot. I like him to get the finish. Um, OSP's time has come. He's what, 36 years old. He came into the UFC as a plus athlete. Um, never moved to a camp where he can learn anything. I mean, essentially, he trained out of the gym at the University of Tennessee and Knoxville Martial Arts Academy. You know, if there was anyone who should have moved to a camp that could have taught him something, you know, it's OSP. I mean, he's got as much as he can out of his athletic athletic ability. And what happens when you have athletic ability and you get old? It diminishes, especially if you don't pick up any skills. So I love Omelenshek here. It's my, you know, favorite play on the slate. Um, I like him to get the finish. Um, his, I think his, uh, on DK, his uh, to win by um, sub, any submission DQ or KO is minus 125. Um, unfortunately, I think he's going to be pretty popular. Um, but I do I, like – I, I disagree like, with you, Joe. Really? I like him in cash and I like him in GPPs. I don't think he's going to be that popular. Well, I hope not then. I, I love that. I, I think you're going to get guys playing Hermanson, Kias, and Madsen. Okay. Let's go I with mean, that. I know he's the cheapest, but I think people are going to look to pay up. Okay. It'll, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll see see who's right there. I don't – see, Marco said Oleg Jacek's going to be mega chuck. I, I think I, so too. I, I'm not getting that feeling. but Yeah, I don't know about that either. I think Kiasin and Hermanson are going to soak up so much of that ownership, but we'll see. Well, you know, you know why, you know why it might be because OSP, the attitude might be in the toilet a little, even a little more, especially after he had uh, dominant positions in that last fight against um, who was it? And uh, the guy, the guy coming back who just came back. Not sure. Why can't you guys ever help me out here? You know, I'm on an island here. Guys. We like watching you struggle. Now, what, what, know, what were you saying? That. I know that part, but what uh, were you saying, Chris? Yeah. Krylov. So like he he had he had Krylov's back in that fight he was dominating the fight and then he just got tired and lost so I think that people are probably there might be some recency bias there to um, bolster that point but yeah I don't I mean especially um, OSP being you know sort of a, a, a the finisher that he is when he wins I don't really know that um, Olin is going to be that popular. Yeah, I, th I think he's going to come in. Somebody in chat guessed between fifty and sixty. I don't think so, Marco. Somebody else said forty. Um, I think he's going to be around 25 to 30. Wow, that that'd range. be great. I, I don't think he's going to be not popular. I think he's going to be average. because I, I, I'm expecting Hermanson to be 65% plus. I, mean, I think he's going to, he's the mega chalk on this card for guys talking about it in, in chat. But we'll save, we'll save that for a little bit. We'll get to that fight. And uh, let's move on to Khalil Roundtree Jr. 8400 taking on Ivan Kutalaba. At 7,800, um, Khalil Roundtree, it's a pick-em fight now. Minus 105 apiece. Some money is coming on Kuta Laba. Um, GPP fight, Kuta Roundtree has got that, you know, that new tie base that, you know, it's kind of changed his style. And Kuta Laba is a friggin' wild man in there. Like he's just going to push forward and throw bombs. That's what he does. So I expect this fight to be high scoring. 
Chris, who you got? Yeah, uh, well, we definitely saw um, a, a brand new Khalil Roundtree in, in his last fight. Um, just sort of, just sort of streamlined everything and really showed off a, a, a nice, fast, fluid kicking game. Um, still, still um, had some of those winging shots, but also showed a couple of nice one twos. But my biggest thing here is that, listen, in a fight where he was dominating. There's a point in the beginning of that second round where where Eric Anders went for one shot, uh, Khalil Rotary defends it, and then takes a deep breath and looks at the clock. This guy still gets really tired. The reason that we didn't really see it is because he dominated the last fight. And even then, he, he was getting tired. And and um, Ian Kutalaba is a much different fighter. He's going to come forward with strikes, and then once he strikes, he's going to try to clinch you and throw knees at your head, and he's going to try to... Uh, uh, put you up against the fence, and it's just a much different, much more physical fight than Anders gave him. Even though Anders should have been somebody to give him a physical fight, but wasn't. Now, Ian Kutalaba is not perfect. Uh, he sometimes lunges into his strikes too much and leaves himself open for counters. I don't think that um, Khalil Roundtree is an accurate counter puncher, but he is still a big puncher, so um, he can definitely catch Kutalaba and. For the time that he spends on the outside, he can also eat the leg kicks that um, Anders was eating. But let's not forget that Ian Kutalaba is going to be way quicker on the outside than Eric Anders was. So I don't think he's just going to sit there and absorb leg kicks in the same way. I think that um, he's hittable, and and um, Khalil Rantry is still very athletic and fast and powerful. But my, my, main, um, my main source for the pick is that we're all so jacked up over, over what he did, and it was a great performance, but I still think the cardio issues are there, and this is the exact kind of guy to exploit it, so give me the Uncle Pub. Joe. Wow, you stole some of my thunder. I mean, earlier in the week, I was on Roundtree, and then I caught myself and said, recency bias, Joe, recency bias. Um, you know, Kutlava's foundation is Greco-Roman wrestling. He also happens to come from uh, an area, uh, Moldovia, where uh, the security guard escorts you to the parking lot and you got to give him a ride back to the front door. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, everybody's tough where he comes from. Um, I think he has the style where he's a wild, aggressive striker that he could use to set up takedowns. And I still have not seen, for all of his, his Thai training accolades, um, they typically don't train takedown defense in wrestling. It's not part of, of Muay Thai. So uh, I do think that there's going to be opportunity for Kutlaba to take him down even and, and, and grind on him a little bit. And, and Roundtree is, is overly muscular, which is why I feel he tires out as the fight gets late. So I advise playing this fight in GPPs for sure. Um, it's getting to the point where at, I believe, 7.8K that you may even consider playing Kutlaba in cash. Uh, I think he's got a fairly solid floor. I believe in his losses, he still scored like 40 points um, in his last two losses. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to go with Kutlaba here. I do say have shares of Roundtree and GPPs, but um, give me Kutlaba. Right, moving on, we have Gilbert Burns, 8,300, taking on Gunnar Nelson at 7,900. Burns is the favorite. Minus 120 now. Um, that's a little upsetting because uh, I bet Gilbert Burns a little bit higher than that. Mm. So, damn. Uh, Gunnar Nelson plus 110. My only concern about this fight is Gilbert Burns fought five weeks ago. Other than that, I think he's a more dangerous striker than um, Gunny. I think the jiu-jitsu is so close. I don't think that Gunnar's going to be able to dominate him down there. And Burns is incredibly dangerous. I think Nelson will be stronger and could control him. Like, I just see multiple pass for Gilbert Burns that I think minus I, – I got minus 130. I thought that was a little bit too close. So I like uh, Gilbert Burns quite a bit here. I just – I don't see a lot of ways Gunnar Nelson wins this fight. Is he, is he really going to submit Gilbert Burns? Is he going to control him for three rounds? <sighs> the only thing is five weeks ago, maybe Gilbert Burns gasses out. Like, like that's what I got. Um, how about you guys? Uh, Joe. Okay, so this is one fight that I looked in quite a bit. Uh, Alex, shout out to Alex. Gracie Baja, New Hampshire. We'll see you in Boston, buddy. We had a bit of a back and forth, very friendly, of course, um, on this fight. He likes 
burns like you do. And I think, Sean, that your take on it is pretty universal. However, um, I actually predicted this line would flip. Um, I see this as a pick'em fight. Um, if you look at Burns' fighting record, first of all, let's let's back up a little. I believe he started at welterweight, decided he couldn't hack it at welterweight, went down to lightweight. Now he's having a hard time making cuts, so he's going to come back at welterweight. He fought five weeks ago. Every time he stepped up in competition, he's lost. You know, Dan Hooker, Magnamed. Um, one other guy, I don't have his record open in front of me, but he's lost every time he stepped up in competition. Now, another interesting stat on his wins, which, you know, let's be honest, have not been exactly against a, a murderer's row of, of UFC fighters. Um, you know, his wins since 2015 have come against OBM who's fallen off a cliff. Um, Jason Sago, uh, Dan Moret, Lucas Sao. Watsky, um, Mike Davis, um, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, Alexei Kunichenko. So he hasn't exactly been beating a murderer's row in his wins. Every fighter that he has a win against so far has either been cut from the UFC in their next fight, has lost, or hasn't fought yet. So your technical analysis is spot on. How is he going to win? I don't know. I mean, I, I just think he is a... He is a step up in competition. This fight is actually in his own backyard. It's not, I know he's not, he's not Danish, but it, it's it's a backyard fight. Um, and this is, to your point, Burns is uh, ha having fought five weeks ago. Um, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, against all practical logic, I'm going to go for the upset and I'm going to take Gunny Nelson. I will have a few shares of him at 7.9K. We'll also have some shares at Gilbert Burns. There are guys I like more in his at his price point, but um, actually, yeah, there's one or two guys I like better. But um, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the the gunner here, Chris. So as far as um, uh, from a technical aspect, how is Gunnar Nelson win? What I keep coming back to is that um, is that while he is a dangerous striker, he's also a, not a very polished one, and he tends to get countered hard a lot. And uh, Gunnar Nelson has that karate style where he can just do a quick strike and and, and really floor him with a counter. We saw him do that to Alan Joban, yep. and we've seen that we've seen that happen to uh, Gilbert Burns. Uh, Dan Moret actually did that in their fight. Um, Dan Hooker did that in their fight, and Gilbert Burns wasn't still lucky enough to you know just get a takedown and 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 win the fight that way. So that that would be my main concern from a technical standpoint. But I'm picking Gilbert Burns too because I think that. Um, Look, uh, Sean, uh, we're on the same side of this, but you said something here that kind of surprised me, which is that you think Gunnar Nelson's going to be stronger? I don't no, think no, we've no, ever... No, I think Burns will be stronger. Okay, okay. So I, either I misheard that or you said it wrong. I'm going with the second one. Um, but I think that, um, yeah, so I think he's going to be stronger. I think he can get his takedown game working. And if he does, I think he, I think he can just... I think he can probably uh, soak Gunnar Nelson out. It's not just, you know... Keep him occupied in the floor for long enough. Now that does raise questions about the gas tank. Um, we did just see him, but this is a full camp as opposed to the other one that wasn't correct. Well, it's a full camp in the sense that it's six weeks from his last fight. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, um, you know, I, I think that 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 gives me more assurance than I think more so than than the proximity to the that fight is is how much time he had for the camp because it's not like he got hurt in that fight. I mean. He pretty much con controlled the the whole fight, um, uh, you know, with with some you know uh, bumps in the road here or there. So, um, so yeah, Gunnar Nelson is definitely live to like a, a counter shot, hurt him, and then finish him. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But I think that Gilbert Burns just has um, too much advantages in uh, the grappling department, where Gunnar likes to make his money, and I think that that's going to lead to a uh, to a Gilbert Burns victory. That's probably what's going to happen. Moving on. Mark Madsen, co-main event, superstar, 9,500. Taking on Danilo Beluardo at 6,700. Guy, oh, I should do the line on this before I give my, my snappy intro. Madsen minus 675. Come back on Beluardo is plus 550. Once you lose to Joel Alvarez, you suck. You're dead to me. Um, yeah, give, give me, give me uh, Madsen to finish off. 
this cupcake win handed to him in his UFC debut. But Eduardo can't stop a takedown. That's what Madsen does. That's what they give out Olympic gold medals for. Uh, give me Madsen. It's just a price issue. Chris? Yeah, that's probably right. Um, Bill Eduardo just doesn't strike me as somebody who's going to be a good fighter at this level. Backs himself up perpetually. Um, and 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 Madsen just looks like he looks like every high-level high wrestler, uh, uh, green MMA fighter you've ever seen. Um, throw big power shots to try to back you up and then get my wrestling grappling game going. Um, Bill Eduardo was reversed uh, almost almost in mount uh, by uh, uh, Alvarez. Alvarez? Yeah. And in his last fight and got subbed there. I think that I think I don't, I'm not even a hundred percent sure he would have the advantage on the ground from a, from a, gra a submission grappling perspective. But I think, yeah, for a guy who backs himself up uh, too much against the guy who all he wants to do is back you up. I think that this is a pretty much uh, tailor made, uh, tailor made uh, fight for uh, Madsen and I'm picking him to get the win. Joe. Yeah, um, 35 years old, making his UFC debut, three times Olympian, um, has no MMA skills at all. Um, his last win was against a fighter named Patrick Nielsen, who was making his MMA debut. Um, uh, he was a boxer prior to that. Um, so he does one thing, he does it exceptionally well. Um, 9.5K, I, I just don't know um, if he's going to know what to do once he gets him down. Um, it's going to be hard for me to get a lot of shares of him, um, just because there are other people who I think have more upside in that upper tier. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick Madsen to get the win, but, um, I'll probably be relatively low exposed to him, um, in mass entry, much safer cash play. Although, um, you're going to get stuck with someone or two in the real lower end if you're going to go with them. Um, so I'll pick Matt's in the win, but I, I just don't think he's a great a great DraftKings play. Main event time: Jack Hermanson, ninety two hundred, taking on Jared Cannonier at seven thousand. Hermanson is minus two sixty. Come back on Cannonier is plus two forty. Kill a gorilla, back to back finishes, if you will, over David Branch and Anderson Silva. Was looking just fine in, in the Silva fight before that. You know, Silva's leg gave out again. Um, Look, Hermanson, this this fight fits him well. Take down Cannoneer, heavy ground and pound. Cannoneer probably won't be able to get back up. That's how this fight should go. Cannoneer live to the big power punch has made tons of improvement since he was a full-time air traffic controller when he entered entered the UFC. Um, he's made the most of his opportunity. He's a top 10 guy now. But give me Hermanson. Love it. Don't think you need to stack because I, I, I don't see Cannoneer able to get back up. So uh, all the Hermanson in this one. Chris. Yeah, I basically agree. I, I just think, you know, I, I liked uh, I liked uh, Jared Cannonier when he first came in. Problem is, of course, that, that he can't get back up, and I actually think his defensive boxing has kind of actually slipped a little bit, oddly enough. Um, even though he does become a defen I, um, a full-time fighter now, I actually, I actually think he's a little more hittable now uh, than he has been in the past. But his boxing is still good. He caught David Branch uh, with a counter shot to finish that fight. Branch was really tired at that point. Uh, even so, I just think that Hermanson is going to just be too much for him everywhere. He's going to be overwhelming in the striking department unless Cannonier catches him with a counter, which he could. And if not, he's going to just be so heavy on top. He's a really big guy in there. He's obviously the better grappler. I, I, ju I just like him to sort of dictate where this fight takes place. And even if Cannonier is strictly the better boxer, I just don't think it, it's going to matter because I think that Hermanson's length and, and – and kicking game and pressure and um, ability to just take the fight where he wants it is is going to just win the day here. So yeah, I, I'm uh, would like to give a, a more um, nuanced analysis of a main event, but as I said, it's not really a main event I love too much anyway. So uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm pretty plainly going with uh, with Jack Hermanson here. Joe. Yeah, I mean I'm on Hermanson as well. I mean Cannonier has got a puncher's chance. He did look good at middleweight, but he he. You know, he's, he beat Anderson Silva, who, like you said, his leg gave out. Um, David Branch, who's, you know, essentially threw after popping for multiple steroids. Um, he was exposed badly. Uh, I Look, I think they want 
Hermanson to win here. This is a fight that is, he's not a local per se, but it's in his backyard. He actually asked to be on this slate. Um, I, I, again, I agree with Sean that this is, I don't think this is a great fight to stack because Cannoneer might not be able to get up once he gets taken down, which could make his floor very, very low. Um, I think Hermanson's going to be incredibly popular. Um, I do, again, I do give Cannoneers a puncher's chance. I would have a few percentage points of him in mass entry, depending on how many lineups you're going to play. But um, give me Hermanson here. All right, guys, that's it for the fight by fight breakdown. Everybody in chat, let's hit up the hot takes for this card. Hot takes for UFC Copenhagen. Anybody got one ready? Yeah, I do. I I have one. So people have asked me, um, not that I've been um, overtly successful with them, but people have asked me for my parlays. So here is a parlay that I I just bet um, 100 American on. It is um, a a three-fighter by finish parlay. Um, Jack Shore to win by finish. Love it. Uh, Kiesan to win by finish. Like it. And Mikhail Omlachak to win by finish. It, that will pay a minimum of seven to one. So uh, I've got a hundred on that. That is, uh, I like that bet too. Uh, Chris, you got one ready? Yeah, Ola Jacek is your most dangerous one. I, I know you don't uh, see that, but uh, right. No, I get it. And, and anyway, no, it's not bad. But um, as I as I as I often say, I, I let your reactions dictate my hot takes, and this one will be no different. So uh, Noel Hernandez knocks out Jack Shore. That is insanity. But okay. Um, wow. I'll give I'll give mine before I go into the chat here. Let me count up real quick. Let's see. We'll see what I'm counting. Somebody, I think I'm. Somebody in chat has the same idea as me. We'll see what I come up with. Wow, Bellardo wins by a knockout. Yeah, I'll get. Well, as Jack Shore, I mean, these are we're talking about guys that aren't you know in the UFC yet. So I mean, there is no there is no lot. Yeah, but dude, with Jack right. Shore, we're talking about a guy that's had twenty three, twenty four MMA fights. I mean, right, you know, I, I got a really and he's the Cage Warriors champion. Oh. At Bantamweight, which is a good promotion. You guys ready? Yeah. Because I think this is a good one. We are on the precipice of the highest scoring DraftKings card in history. I think every single fight ends in a finish. Wow. Oh, my God. 13 finishes. Whew. Yeah, that's – you know, and, but I mean, look. The only, one I'm a little, the only ones I'm a little worried about going out in the sledge are Muradoff, D, Chirico, and – that, that's honestly really it. That's, well, that, that's my most dangerous fight. I, think. I, I would say, well, DKZ, Venata, I mean, they're crazy, but nobody really finishes those guys. We'll see. So, but the hot take for a reason, guys. So, so that's what I got. Tyler Lee, I did see it as I was, as I was counting, he typed 10 finishes on the card for him. Um, MMA KO, Belluardo wins via knockout. Dude, that would, that would be insane, but it could continue the trend of the highest fighter, highest price fighter on the card losing. Yeah, really. Oh, not the law. Get the hell out of here. John yeah, that, Phillips by submission. I wasn't even going to read that one. It doesn't count if you don't, if you're not serious about come it. So on, no. Yeah. no, no, non is probably serious. I mean, come on. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that is one tasty Indian bread dish right there. Um, Wow. So okay. that's what we got for UFC Copenhagen, guys. Thanks, everybody, in chat for joining us. Um, Rotowire.com slash free, 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Subscribe to this podcast on YouTube. If it's um, Just go to Rotowire. Like, comment, subscribe. Hit us up on Twitter. Tweet the world. Tweet SiriusXM. XM, tweet at Fight Nation. We need to be on that channel every week. There's no reason. Yes, we, we do. shouldn't be. So everybody, I, I, I release the hounds upon you. Follow all of us on Twitter. You guys can probably see it there. Subscribe on iTunes, Rotowire MMA. Good luck in your contest. We will see you next week. Word.